Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. ArchiCAD is the official BIM software of the Entree Architect community. ArchiCAD BIM software enables design, collaboration, visualization, and project delivery no matter the project size or complexity. With flexible licensing options and a dedicated support team to guide us along the way, ArchiCAD is an ideal choice for firms and projects of any size. I encourage you to reach out and talk to the folks at Graphisoft by visiting our own dedicated webpage at graphisoft.com slash US slash Entree Architect. There's even an exclusive special offer waiting for our Entree Architect community. Go now to graphisoft.com slash US slash Entree Architect and see how Graphisoft is positioned to help make your architecture firm a success. That's graphisoft.com slash US slash Entree Architect. My name is Mark Arlapage and you are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, where each week I speak with inspiring, passionate people who share their knowledge and expertise all to help you build a better business as a small firm entrepreneur architect. Bill Mandara, welcome to Entree Architect Podcast. Thanks for having me, excited to be here. Oh, I'm super excited about this. Um, We are big fans of Mancini Duffy. Um, You are the CEO, you're an architect, CEO, co-owner of Mancini Duffy Architects, a nationally recognized firm with a 100 year plus old history, um, tech forward firm based in New York City. Um, throughout, the, throughout his career, Bill believed in having consistency of vision and values uh, that we should never put ourselves or our vision ahead of our clients. And that consistency has let him and his firm respond to clients quickly with clarity and authority. And, uh, and I've been following Mancini for the last few years. It's, it's, really interesting from a business point of view as, a, as an entrepreneur architect to watch this transition of a hundred plus year old firm transition into this cutting edge state-of-the-art technology firm sort of leading the the, the way for other architects to look at how architecture uh, should be and will be practiced in the future and so I'm really excited to have this conversation with you Bill. Uh, thank you I really appreciate that. Um, we've spoken twice with with your colleagues. We've um, Bolanle William Ali has been on the CFO, um, and Christian Gio, uh, Giordano, Giordano uh, the president, has also been on the show. Two um, wonderful people, good friends. Yeah, with Bola, we talked about specifically. We sort of got into the weeds about money. We talked about cash flow. 
on episode, um, I don't remember which episode it was. We'll put, uh, ep- there, there it is, episode uh, 394. So if you want to go back and listen to episode 394, we sp- spoke about cash flow and how architects can manage cash flow. Uh, Christian was on episode 420, and we talked about sort of that transition, reinventing this 100-year-old architecture firm to be the leader in design technology. Um, what I would love to talk to you today, Bill, about um, as CEO, uh, as partners, right, with these with these other two people and others in the firm, um, about how do you take that grand vision? If you go back and listen to the episode with Christian, Christian has a giant vision, right? He is super he sure enthusiastic does. and passionate about what he does. Um, and he has big ideas. And and your job as CEO is to work with Christian as partners and sort of get this this organization to run and work on a daily basis, but also move in the direction of those visions that that we that you want to achieve, right? Absolutely. Um, I always joke around that um, Christian's the balloon and I'm the anvil, um, <laughs> which, which which tends to work pretty well. But no, um, all kidding aside, it's true that it's you know it's it's I take it Christian and I have, have a really great relationship where we're friends first of all, and um, you know I take it very seriously that it's my job to try and, you know, not dismiss some of these crazy ideas you have and figure out how to make them not so crazy and, and, and work with it. And also sometimes, um, you know, sometimes do inject a little bit of reality to the conversation. Yeah, sure. um, but I, we, we, we balance each off off. We balance each other off very well, I think. Um, and I'm lucky, lucky, lucky to lucky, lucky to have somebody like that to work with. Yeah. I'd love to dive into the details of that, of how you work together and how you've met each other and, and that whole thing. But before we do that, I want to learn more about you specifically, you personally. Um, when did you discover your passion for architecture and, and maybe talk about who or what inspired you to become an architect? Sure. So I come from a, a long line of people in the construction industry. My my great grandfather came over here from Sicily. Uh, he was he, he did whatever odd jobs, labor. I think he was actually a laborer on the George Washington Bridge construction. My grandfather was a masonry contractor. And my dad, who I was very close with, was a general contractor. And as a kid, I would go to work. You know, a lot of kids will do this, you know, kind of tag along with your dad. And I tagged along with my dad my dad all the time. We were pretty inseparable as a kid. And I uh, spent a lot of time with him on his construction sites and even with my grandfather on some of his sites, too. And my fa- both my father and my grandfather always said, you can do this, but we don't want you to do what we do. We want you to be an architect. Um, yeah. It was by circumstance my father you know my father was of that certain age where he got called to serve his country and he didn't really get to experience college the way some of us did so it was also important to my dad that I did go to college yeah so it, it it's funny because it never really was a question in my life and having two sons and, and watching them they're both in college and watching them kind of come to their journey of what they want to do is particularly interesting to me because I just always knew what I was going to do literally since a kid I was probably like 10 years old sitting in a construction trailer in, in New Jersey, tracing over architectural elevations that my grandfather would do. And it was just this kind of the thing I did. And the ironic thing is that um, music is also a very big passion of mine. And there was a lot of time in my, especially in my teenage years and early twenties where I did the architecture thing to just kind of shut everybody up and say like, <laughs> okay, I'll go to school. I'm going to, I know this is what I'm supposed to do and everything. And then, you know, in, in five years when, 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 when I'm, famous and I'm playing for the Smashing Pumpkins or something like the architecture thing won't happen. But lo and behold, that never happened. And it came about about apparent about two or three years into my career that I really need to start taking this seriously and dedicate myself more toward it. So um, yeah, there, there was really no great moment where I discovered it just kind of, it was just kind of always there and something I was going to do. And, and I'm grateful for that because it, it's it's something that I love is that when I was a kid, I would drive around with my dad in his car around Bergen County, New Jersey, where we live and I currently live. And he would point to buildings and say, I worked on this building, you know, when I was in high school, I was a bricklayer on this one. I I, I built this building. And then later on, you know, I would work on projects. I probably worked with my dad every summer from middle school throughout college in construction as, as I got older and a little more capable doing everything from getting coffee to digging holes to actually, you know, digging plumbing trenches with with operating heavy equipment and carpentry and, and more sophisticated stuff. 
So I, I'm very grateful for that experience. And I'm grateful I can do, kind of do the same thing with my kids. We can, you know, walk around the city or drive around New Jersey or other place and say, hey, that's that's something that, you know, I didn't do it myself, but I certainly had a hand in that. It, part of that came from it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's one of the best parts of being an architect is, is uh, showing our kids and our friends of, of, and pointing at buildings and saying, hey, that's because I, I you know, me being here that is a result of, of me existing, right? A hundred percent. The first actual structure that I worked on in, in, a, in my twenties was, a, it was like a little, like almost like trailer thing for, for a, a milk factory in New Jersey. And it was, it was maybe like a 25 by 10 building or a little shack or something, but when it was up. You could see it from, you could drive by yeah. and see it. And I remember being pretty proud. I was probably like 24, 25 years old. And I was like, Hey, that I, I did that. Um, and you know, we've come a little bit ways since then, but yeah, it, it's, it's, I, 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 and I think it's also why it's funny that there are a lot of people that are musically inclined or also in architecture. I think it's the idea of creating something. I, I, I could not necessarily be fulfilled. Listen, there's nothing against it. There's world needs all different types of jobs, but I couldn't be fulfilled doing something where I didn't create something. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You you mentioned you grew up in, in Bergen County. And before we started recording, we, we, we made the connection that we literally grew up like one classroom away from one another. So we went funny. to high school together in, in Paramus, New Jersey, in, you know, a, a year apart. Yeah, um, I, and, I wouldn't be surprised if we were in some, some of the same. Class. I'm sure. I'm sure, you know, maybe, you know, the te technical drafting and some Mr. of the other Schwartz. classes that yeah Mr. Schwartz yeah exactly um so it's so funny to to think about that but but not only did we go to high school together and had similar similar paths I did those same things my dad is an auto mechanic but all his friends were contractors right um and so I did the same thing as soon as I was old enough I was working in construction with my my I called them my uncles but they were you know family friends um doing that same thing working side by side and and learning masonry and contracting and you know, framing and and doing a lot of cleaning up and all the right. things that, that kids do on construction sites when they're working working with their family, um, and then I had the same conversations with them that that when I was interested in in pursuing the field, they pushed me to architecture and said, you know, you right. should go be an architect. Um, do you remember the moment where you did lock in with that? You said that you've always wanted to do it. Do you remember that moment where? You decided, yes, that's what I'm going to do. Sure. It was probably about two or three years after I had graduated and I was working. Um, I was working on a project and I, I, I was struggling a little bit because at the time I was playing in a band and, you know, I was 25 year olds or whatever, however old I was, will tend to do. Your, your focus isn't always is where it should be. And I was working on a particular project. It was an interiors job in New Jersey. I was working at a small firm in Jersey. And I, I, I had bought a computer with some of my money at home. So I would take work home. And I remember taking a whole set of drawings. And I was like, all right, I got to get this right because I'm sick of getting yelled at every day. And I, 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 a, a good friend of mine, and I'm still friendly with a guy named David, he, he gave me like three sets of drawings to take these home. And I took them home and I literally spent the entire week and I told my, 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 girlfriend my wife now at the time at the time she was my girlfriend i was like look we're not going out we're not doing anything I, I and i spent the whole weekend just studying it and doing it and i came back and i you know it was a floppy disk i, I saved it on a floppy disk and right. put it in and sent it to the potter and like you know six hours later after the potter spit it out i i, I popped it down and printed them out and i went to my boss's office who was a real kind of he, he, he was a very very smart guy but and, and i learned a lot from him but tough guy and I remember I popped him down and he looked at me and just said, good, good job. I don't have any comments. I mean, he took his thing out and signed him. And I was like, all right, this is it. I'm good. Yeah. Um, and and I, I just kind of felt locked in and I was like, okay, I can still do the things that other things in life that make me happy, but this is how I'm going to make money and, and support my family. And this is what I'm going to do for, you know, I don't yeah. know, 90 hours a week or however. Yeah. So, so how, what's, what's the story from that moment from, from, recognizing that you wanted to be an architect working for somebody else to where you are now you're you're running as ceo um one of the you know most successful architecture firms in the country right now mancini duffy so it, it's it, it's 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 kind of a you know a lot of right a lot of right place at the right time i would say I, i've definitely lived a fairly charmed life i um i was at that firm for about 11 years uh, i took another job at a firm i had the opportunity to open a, an office in new jersey for a new york city firm 
and I did, and I had some people with me, and we we had some success. And then 2009 happened, and uh, that firm didn't really fare too well because most mm-hmm. of the clients were financial based, you know, financial commer- corporate office yep. clients. Even though my background is a little more in base building, which we were doing, but the the, the core line of business for that firm was commercial interiors for financial institutions. So obvious, you know, some of their bigger, bigger clients were Lehman Brothers and Merrill Lynch. And yeah. um, so as that went, that firm was acquired by Mancini Duffy in 2011. And the first thing they did is like, well, why do we have this weird little outpost in in Montclair, New Jersey? You guys, you guys come here and work in the city. And at the time from 2009, when everything started going kind of haywire, I started doing a lot of side work. I was doing freelance jobs, you name it. I would uh, do people's houses. I would, I was doing, you know, 10, 15 apartments in the city by myself. I'd wake up Sunday morning, go to, you know, go meet somebody, do their apartment, measure it up and be home in time to, you know, watch the jet game. Um, and it was kind of a weird place for me because by like that time around 2012 or so, I was making just about as much money on my freelance stuff as I was at my day job. And my plan there was like, okay, I had two young kids and a wife and I was in, you know, in a house and I was like, okay, I need to get this a little bit further along where I can afford to basically buy health insurance and all that other stuff, good stuff you need when you're a dad. Um, and that was about the time I met Christian. And I remember um, a mutual friend and, and I heard this guy, Christian was coming here and he had, you know, and some people had some thoughts. And one, I remember one guy actually absolutely hated Christian. It was funny. And he was, which I it didn't make any sense to, it made more sense to me when I got to know that guy a little bit better, but he was telling me these horrible things. And then one night a friend of my, a mutual friend says, Hey, we're, you know, got a bunch of guys going out to dinner, some steakhouse in the city you want to go. And I'll make sure. And, you know, I'm standing there and having a beer and, and I turn around and introduce myself and it's Christian. I'm like, oh, geez, apparently we're going to work together. And man, we went out, we had, oh, we had so much fun and it was sometimes you meet people and you're instantly like, wow, I like this person. I get yeah. this person, they get me and we get along. And literally we just, we got each other and it was funny. It was in about a week or so. He was like, dude, I can tell you don't love it here. Cause I was, I was a square peg in a round hole at the old, old man city was very buttoned up. Yeah. You know, they, 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 it was very like, you must wear these pants and pressed. Yeah. Shoes. It was a hundred year old traditional architecture. Firm. Right. And, and I don't, you know, I, that's not me. I, <laughs> we grew up in the same town. Like, you know, I, I barely, you know, I haven't worn a tie since like 2001 or something. But um, so I, he was like, you got to stick around. And then we, 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 we talked and he, we kind of came up with a plan. And there was a moment in time where I knew that I kind of, you know, I, I kind of found my, uh, found my, my, my Felix to my Oscar. He, um, <laughs> I had a guy who would give me these freelance jobs and it's funny. He would always pick, Oh, I have a, you know, somebody has this apartment and they need somebody to sign and seal the drawings. And, and I would take them, I'd review them, I'd mark them up and I'd put them, you know, I'd clean them up and I would sign and seal them and they'd give me some money. And one time that actually happened and the guy who he had was actually Christian and it was funny because we neither of us knew this, and then we just had a really good laugh at it. And we're, and, and it was kind of like he's like, "Dude, you do all this side work." I'm like, "You do all this side work," and we, you know, we 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 compared stories, and we were literally the exact same. Um, yeah. we're, we're very different people, but we're very similar. Um, so yeah, and, and then from that, you know, Christian Christian kind of came up with this plan. He said, "I think we can do this. I need help figuring it out, and I'm going to need you know." other people to do it. And we, we spent a lot of time, a lot of conversations and, you know, and, and listen, a lot of credit goes to Tony Sharippa and Dina Frank, who owned the firm, majority of the firm at the time, you know, Christian came to them with the idea and they were like, okay, you know, you want to buy it, make us an offer, figure it out. And it was on us to figure it out. And it took us a while to do that. And um, yeah, and we did it and, and God bless Tony and Dina. They're great. They, um, Especially Tony was a really, you know, Tony's been a mentor over the years. He's a great guy and he's shared a lot of information. And yeah, we were able to buy the firm from him. I want to say that was 2017. And what was very gracious about in particular Tony as well was that, you know, once we knew this plan, it took a couple of years to get it ahead of time. So they they kind of relinquished control of the firm to us. Obviously, they weren't going to let us, you know, sell the place for a bag of magic beans or anything. But, um, and we had to kind of prove ourselves. But, they, they relinquished a lot of the control. So we were able to start implementing changes here. Like even just 
things like cultural changes yeah. and you know re- redefining some of the staff and some of the ways ways things were done things were done so by way of example christian had an office and i mean i was given an office when i came here too but it was actually like a a, a windowless room that also housed like excess furniture left over from jobs or something but christian's office was nicer but um, we gave one of the guys here, Michael Kipfer, who, who really spearheads our technology stuff. He's also a very talented architect, but he, um, he was like, you know, Hey, can you give up your office? And we're going to start this technology. We're going to use it for all this technology stuff. And Christian was like, yeah. And then we're sitting there having lunch and Tony's like, what, what happened to Christian's office? Why is it in the office? And we're like, we got it. We got it. So, yeah, I, I mean, listen, it was a lot of, uh, you know, some things, my mother would always tell me things are, th- things happen because they're meant to be. And I, I yeah. truly believe that. Um, yeah, it was very, it was very, very random that Christian and I met each other um, and very fortunate. Yeah. Likely not as random as we all think. <laughs> yeah. You never know. It's, there's yeah. various, very varying f- theories on these types of things. But yeah, um, yeah it was, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Cause I was, I was probably about four or five more side jobs or a couple bucks a year away from just saying, architecture firm I'm done I'm literally just going to work in my house and have some people do some drafting for me let's take a quick break to say thank you to our sponsors for their support of this episode this episode is brought to you by FreshBooks there's a lot to love about being an entrepreneur architect right but trying to figure out our financials on our own is not one of those things Luckily, we have FreshBooks, the all-in-one accounting solution that's built for business owners like us. FreshBooks takes all the not-so-fun parts of running a business, from building and tracking invoices, to managing online payments, to organizing expenses, and automates them with features like the digital bills and a receipt scanner, saving you up to 11 hours a week in the process. It's also super easy to get up and running and the award-winning FreshBooks support team, they are always available to answer any questions along the way. Compare that to some of the other financial management tools out there. Try FreshBooks for free for 30 days, no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com architect to get started today. That's freshbooks.com architect. So what will you do with 11 more hours each week? This episode is brought to you by RCAT.com. We all have that one story, that one project that had such a unique situation that it required a solution that you had rarely considered before. We share these stories in private professional circles with our friends and our colleagues, but there has never been a collection of these stories of conflict and triumph all in one place until now. Detailed is a podcast series that features architects engineers, builders, and manufacturers who share their insights and expertise as they highlight some of the most complex, interesting, and oddball building conditions that they have ever encountered, and the ingenuity it took to solve them. Join host Sharice Lakeside, aka CSI Kraken, a senior specifications writer at RDH Building Science as she uncovers lessons learned to help you navigate similar challenges that may arise in your next project. Detailed, an original podcast by Artcat. Listen and subscribe right now at artcat.com slash podcast. That's artcat.com slash podcast. A-R-C-A-T dot com slash podcast. Detailed, every building has a story. This episode is brought to you by the Entree Architect Community Annual Meeting the business conference for small firm entrepreneur architects. Learn more at smallfirmconference.com. If you could build a business conference for small firm entrepreneur architects, what would it be? Since I launched Entree Architect back in 2012, I've been listening. I've been watching what members want and learning what we need. And in November, we will gather in Austin, Texas to connect to celebrate, to honor, and to learn. The Entree Architect Community Annual Meeting was inspired, designed, and launched for you. We invited top speakers to share fast-paced, get-to-the-point, TED Talk-like presentations 
that will provide you with the information that you need so that you can build the firm that you want. On day one of the conference, following a lineup of fantastic speakers, we'll discover the connection between mental health and our financial wealth with licensed clinical professional counselor, Joyce Martyr. And then we'll be honoring three architect members of the community at the inaugural Entree Architect Honor Awards. On day two, we'll hear from more great speakers, then dive deep into the successful future of our firms with Brian McCartney of ArcMark at a 90-minute strategic planning program. We'll have some fun building models with Kenya and Matt Forget of Sticks and Bricks, and we'll learn from an icon, Gene Cohn, founder of KPF, at the day two keynote. We plan this event to start with an evening reception on Tuesday, November 1st, and end on Thursday afternoon on November 3rd so that you'll have time to connect with friends post-event to discover the city of Austin and its amazing architectural sites on Friday and into the weekend. We've been approved by the AIA for 12.75 CEUs and everyone will leave with a cool bag of swag. Whether you're a member of the Entree Architect Community Facebook group, a member of the Entree Architect Academy membership, or a small firm architect practicing anywhere in the world who wants and needs the support and connection of like-minded architects. The Entree Architect Community Annual Meeting Small Firm Business Conference is for you. With generous support from our friends at Monograph, visit smallfirmconference.com now for tickets, and we will see you in Austin this November. That's smallfirmconference.com. Please visit our sponsors today and thank them Thank them for supporting you, the Entree Architect community. So when you decided to, to do that, to purchase the firm and take it over, and did you have big plans? Did you sort of have, have a vision on where this firm was going to go and, and how are you going to reinvent this firm that's 100 years old? We did. And again, you know, Christian and I talked to each other well, probably I probably talked to him almost as much as I talked to my wife, but you know, and 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 that's for a long time too. But yeah, you know, we definitely did. We know everything we were going to do ten years ago. No, um, but we certainly had a lot of plans, especially as far as diversifying the work in which we do. Um, you know, Christian's background was more in base building architecture and a lot of broadcast stuff. Mine, mine is in base building architecture as well, with some interiors and. You know, I've done some of the less sexy projects over the year, the industrial stuff, the, the you know, the self-storage buildings, this and that, and things like that. So we, we we deliberately wanted to diversify the firm. That was a goal we had initially. And one thing we actually did that is useful is we, we hired an executive coach um, who, it's not for everybody, but it was, it was a guy who had no understanding of what we do as architects. And it was actually perfect. Because in architecture school, you know, you have all these design classes where you learn how to make a potter's house and, and all this crazy <laughs> stuff. And and you have like one professional practice class, right. which, you know, basically teaches you how to read a contract, sort of. So we we, 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 we had this business coach who's an executive coach, and it really kind of took us through the ringer and, and made us develop a one-page plan and made us set, you know, three-year goals, five-year goals, 10-year goals, 20-year goals. And, you know, I'm pretty proud to say most of those three and five year goals, we've, we're pretty darn, we've either accomplished or kind of right knocking on the door. So it was a very deliberate thing that we did. And um, it wasn't, you know, there was, I wouldn't say it was painful, but it was, it was definitely work to get there. It wasn't just sitting over a couple of drinks and, you know, saying, oh, we should do this, but um, it's, it's, it's definitely paid dividends. Did you know your roles right from the beginning? Yeah, it was, it's pretty clear. So again, even Christian always came up more as the design end of things in his career, whereas I've always been either on the project management or technical architect side. Um, I would always, even when I first came to Mancini, it was I kind of got slapped a label of project manager on me, but it was always, I would always say I'm really a project architect that manages projects. I'm not, you know, I'm not necessarily 400 spreadsheet guy with a monitor that's turned in portrait mode. I, you know, I like to, I like to get in there and, you know, get like we were talking about, it's, I've spent my childhood on construction sites and I like right. to, you know, I, I, I like detailing things and getting in there and making sure they're done. So it actually worked out great as far as roles, because I was, again, he was on the 
design end. I was on the technical and management end. And he and 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 he doesn't give himself enough credit. He's he, he's managed plenty of projects too. So I think we were both like you know a designer that managed projects and a project architect that managed. So it all kind of fell into place from there. And then with with some of you know with our executive coach and with a lot of these exercises we went through. You know, there's 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 roadmaps of where you fit in, and you go through various exercises. And quite frankly, it's, it's it didn't take a lot of thinking. It was pretty apparent where where the two of us belong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, having spoken to Christian, um, very enthusiastic. Like I said, very passionate, uh, very visionary. Has big ideas. Um, how important is your role as as sort of the practical, tactical guy uh, to take? those big ideas and come up with a plan on this is how we're actually going to do this on a day-to-day basis to get us to where you want to go. Well, again, listen, I don't, you know, I'm certainly not a, a person that likes to pat myself on the back, but it, it is important because again, Christian has these big ideas and then he thinks about them. And then, and then, you know, you mentioned my other partner, Bola as well. So I, a lot of times I think that I'm kind of a bridge between them because Bola mm-hmm. is, is our CFO and she's very focused as she should be on finances and what things are going to cost and, and how that's regimented. And sometimes Christian will say stuff from Bowie like this, what? And I'll be like, no, 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 no. Let me, let me translate that for you. But yeah, it, it is that's important. It's funny that you're the translator between the, the yeah. design guy and the, and the, the money, the money, money person. It's true. I, I like to think like I'm, I'm, I'm somewhere in between, but it is. And, and, and again, Christian and I have a great way of, you know, having conversations about things and, and ideas I, I'm the type of person that needs to put these things, map them out, whether it's in, you know, whether it's in a, some sort of visual format, even if it's a spreadsheet or, or something to map them out. And, and that's kind of what we do a lot of times. So come up with these ideas. And I'll be like, okay, I think that there's a way that might work. And I'll come back and say, okay, yeah, I think this can, what do you think? And then we'll work, you know, we'll go through it together. And then honestly, there's some times where I'm like, you know what? I love your brother, but this is just, this is just not going to work. <laughs> It's a little too crazy. Or, you know, that might be something we need to do five years now. But in all fairness, when Christian first came to me with the idea of buying the company, I was like, dude, you're nuts. We're not going to yeah. figure this out. And, you know, <laughs> here we are. And then, again, yeah. we, you know. Yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting, too, that, that um, it just seems so overwhelming, right? That, that, that giant idea yeah. of, like, you're going to buy this 100-year-old firm and – and you're going to reinvent it and turn it into something completely different. <laughs> like, yeah, really? <laughs> How no, it, it, that? <laughs> it, it is. And, and that's why, like, for me, when I, when I hear, you know, when I hear some of these big ideas, even not just from Christian, just in general, even if, yeah. if I have an idea, I need to break it down into smaller pieces that I can understand. Right. And, and again, I, I'm a very, I need to see things in a, in somewhat of a linear fashion of how you can get there. And, and you know that's that it makes it a lot more digestible, right? When you're like, okay, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna eat the whole pot of sauce, but I could start with, you know, I could, start, I could start over here with some tomatoes, and you know, you'll, you'll get it at some point. Yeah, it, it, I, I find that those three positions, right, the person in charge of the money, the person in charge of design and and creativity, and a person in charge of management and operations is really important as large as firms get larger, right? Small firms, yes. a lot of the people we're talking to, um, those roles are managed by one person or two people. Mm-hmm. But as firms grow, those positions are really important. You look at the most successful firms in, in history of, of American, recent history of American architecture, SOM, uh, uh, KPF, um, uh, HOK, there's three letters for a reason because right, right. there were three partners who, held those roles, right? That, that I do a, I do another podcast, um, called build smart that I'm a co-host with Patrick McLamey, former CEO of HOK. Um, and, and we did season one was the full story of HOK. And that's the story, right. Of, yeah. of these three partners who each had their role, uh, taking it and growing it into a, a bigger, more successful firm. KPF. I've had that same conversation with Gene Cohn. Um, same thing. Gene Cohn is is um, is is the guy, the networker, right? Peter uh, yep. Peterson is is the design guy. Fox was the the money guy, um, and so it's so important to have those roles um, a- accounted for, even if it's just one person. But to have somebody focused on the business, somebody focused on the money, and somebody focused on design is really important, isn't it? 
a hundred percent agreed. Um, and again, like I said, you know, I'm not, I'm not a particular religious person, but things happen for a reason. And, and literally the two people, it's funny. I look at me you know, you look at your phone, your, your text messages. I have, I have my, both of my sons and my wife pinned this conversation. And then the yep. next two are Christian and Bola. And then a yeah. group text with the three of us. And you know, <laughs> that group text is probably like the most, that one in the group text with my, with my wife and kids are probably the two most active texts I have. Um, and you know, I, 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 Really, the most important thing is that we all really like each other. We care about each other. We all know each other's families. We all know each other's spouses. We know each other's kids. And and because of that, it's not – I've been at firms where there's been some pretty dysfunctional leadership Yeah. Um, where there's, you know, there's factions and it's like, well, I'm not going to do this because this person – I don't like that person. I'm just going to deliberately like sabotage this idea. Like, I've literally seen those conversations and um, that just doesn't exist here. And and I think it doesn't exist mostly because we're all, we're all very different people. I mean, you know, but Boa grew up in Nigeria. I grew up with you in Paramus and Christian, you know, Christian's not too far up in South Jersey. Yeah. Um, we're very different people, but we all have very similar values. Um, we're all family people. And we all care about each other and our families and everybody here as well. So when when you're on the same page like that, it makes all this stuff a lot easier. And it, it does make it when there are difficult times or different difficult decisions that have to be made or or or, or things you have to figure out. It does make it a lot easier. So I, I would say, first and foremost, I'm very thankful and, and grateful that I have two people that are, you know, really just wonderful people. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, they have your back, you know, yep. that you're on the same page. Um, that's super important. Um, and, and do you see that that trickles down into the culture of the firm that, that the leadership is on the same page and the leadership, uh, has respect for one another and the leadership, um, covers, you know, respects one another. How, how does that sort of trickle down into the culture? And if so, does it also need to be intentional that it trickles down into the culture of the rest of the firm? Yes and yes. Um, it, it definitely, it is definitely part of our culture here. So, I mean, it, it, we've only talked to each other for a little while here, but, you know, I, I'm a pretty outgoing, open person. There's not a lot to hide. Um, and, and so is everybody here. And so we're, I like, you know, I like to get to know people here on, on more of a personal level. And we have, you know, we, we, we hold a lot of things. We invite people's families once a year. We'll have like a big summer party either at my house or Christian's house. And you get to know people's families. And, and, and that stuff actually makes a big difference, yeah. I think, because it's not just, you know, the person I see every day that's over there and there's some kind of like person that does stuff and whatever. When you get to know people and what they, you know, oh, this person might be great barbecue or something. And you and you get to know people and you get to know their families and, yeah. and, and, and what's important to them and what makes them tick. And it's not just from us in general, everybody in the firm, you, you start to have a different, you start to care differently about what you do and how that affects the people that you know. And it is, it is a hundred percent intentional. And, you know, I'm, I'm leaving out our other partners too. in some of these comments, they're, they're both Scott and Jessica. They're, they're, they're also great people. And again, it, it all carries through. We don't, we, we, I always say that when I interview, I don't interview a lot of people anymore, but I, I was involved in a lot of hiring here, which is funny because it was like, oh, you like all the people you work with. I'm like, who makes us hire most of them? But at any rate, when I when I speak to somebody to hire, we just actually hired somebody, a, a new director of life sciences. Uh, it, it was through a mutual friend and we had a phone conversation. And I think like 10 minutes into the conversation, we just went off a tangent, started talking about like 90s, grunge bands and i was like all right this is somebody i'm going to assume that they're you know we will go and double check it but i'm going to assume that you know they're they know what they're doing their 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 record speaks for itself and they have the work 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 product and they're talented but this is somebody that you know we can hang with and we can you know this is a good person that can come here and, and that to me is like more important than almost anything. I mean, again, it's important that people do the job, people are talented and yeah. people care about it. But if you get people that have the right attitude and are people that will all get along with each other and, and respect each other and like each other, all that stuff just kind of works itself out. Yeah. So so make sure that they're sort of all the boxes are checked in terms of the role and responsibilities that they're going to have. And then right. you work your way to learning a little bit more about them, making sure that the the character and the personality and the and the values are in alignment with the culture of the firm. 
Absolutely. I mean, I can't say enough about the culture. And that was probably, not probably, that was definitely the first thing that Christian and I tackled here. And that was really kind of in the infancy of our leadership here was changing the culture of the firm. Yeah. Christian talked um, about that in pretty, pretty pretty in depth with his uh, conversation with me. About how hard. Yeah, that so was. I won't be redundant, but it was but it was can, intentional. For people was, who will listen to this who haven't listened to this, so I'd love to to sort of get your take on it. Yeah, listen, it was very intentional. Um, we we made a point to as listen the natural natural ebb and flow of an architecture firm. You know, over the years, some people leave, some people come. But as as we brought people in, we 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 it was a combination of looking to our past and people that we enjoyed working with that we brought back. So by way of example, I have two people here. Um, one person, Virgilio, he was actually, he's one of my best friends. We were in each other's weddings. He was my college roommate. I met him, you know, first day of college. Um, I brought him back. Um, there's another gentleman here named Peja who him and I worked together in 2002 or something like that. And, you know, I called him up like, Hey man, what are you doing? You want to come home? You want to come home? And he's like, yep. And <laughs> so it was a combination and, and Christian's done that too with people too. It's, it was a combination of reaching back to people that we recognized in our careers that were Again, we're, we're we're working on the assumption that I didn't assume it at the time, but you know, working on the the, the baseline. I shouldn't say assumption. The baseline that all these people were talented and can do great work. Right. Just reaching back to people that we worked with that we really thought were great people, we really enjoyed, and then identifying the people that were here who were also awesome people, great people, and then who do you know? And, right. you know, who do you know? So that so I, I mentioned Michael Kipfer before he he just brought in somebody he knew from a million years ago that he worked with. And it was about a year ago. He's like, I'd like to bring a friend of mine in. And I was, yeah, do it. And those are those are our most successful hires. We yeah. have uh, actually we have probably have we have a lot of Bergen County kids here um, from NJIT. But there's um, what what is a guy here is, is a young guy. His name is Matt. He's awesome. His dad was ran the hockey program in town that my son played in. And I was like, wow, he's a great guy. Bring him in here. So it's really identifying with the baseline that they have talent, identifying people that can, can are, are going to be cool and can fit the mold and can hang with us and are, are, are good people. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so fun to listen to your story, knowing, uh, having spoken with Christian and Bola, um, to to sort of look at Mancini Duffy as this this renovation of this old, this old, you know, um, this like I see it almost like a boat, right? That this there was a, yeah. this old boat that that did its job in its day. And then you guys came along and saw the the vision of where that boat can go. And you sort of renovated the boat and then invited all a bunch of cool people to jump in the boat with you. And then we're going to this, this cool destination. And Absolutely. I love it, it. It's so fun to, to hear and inspirational to, to hear, um, you know, people who are, who are listening, whether you are, um, needing to reinvent what, what you already have or, or, uh, starting your new firm. These are such important things to understand that, that yeah, design matters and, and um, you know, getting your operations right matters. Culture is so important to make sure that all of that stuff works right, right? A hundred percent. I mean, listen, we're 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 you know we're we're in New Jersey as well, but we're, we're headquartered here in New York City. Um, there's a lot of really really talented people in the in the yeah. architect, in, in, heck, in the real estate industry. There's a lot a lot of really talented people here. So it's 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 okay. We can weed through. You know, and, and listen, there's. People that we've talked to and we've met and we've said, listen, great, you know, super talented, but yep. not for us. Not Still for fit. us. Yeah. You know, you're not gonna like you're you know, you're just it's just not gonna work. And that's okay. And you can you can yeah, you can be there. And listen, I mean, I I I understand and, and realize how fortunate I am to be in the position that I am. And I, I I take it very seriously, which is why when I when I meet people or I come across people or I think of people that I've worked with or known in the past and I have the opportunity to give them an opportunity, I always do whatever I can to do it because I recognize that, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm in a very, very fortunate position to, <laughs> to be here right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Uh, Bill, before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you the one thing that I ask everybody. Um, like I had mentioned, primarily most of the, the people listening are architects. A lot of them are small firm architects running businesses. 
um, hearing your story uh, and the story of, of Mancini Duffy is inspirational. Um, what's one thing that you would suggest that a small firm architect can do today that could build their business for tomorrow? Well, I, I, listen, we, you, you can, you know, you can go the whole route we went with the coach and, and learn more about business, but I, I would be a little more esoteric than that. And I would just say, just be yourself, um, figure out who you are and, and be that person. Don't aspire to be the next, this, the next, that, or, 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 or run and copy that or take over this one and take it, just be yourself, find what you're good at and just own it and be that person and, your people, unless, unless you're a horrible person, which most people aren't, but <laughs> yeah, don't um, be a horrible, if you're a horrible person, don't you need to change <laughs> my advice, then be somebody else. But, um, no, but in general, if, if, if you're your own self and you're genuine, you know, you're going to be more, everything you do is, is going to be like that. Everything you do is going to be genuine. People are going to want to work for you and then, you know, drop the facade, I guess, to throw a, an unfortunate architectural, there. <laughs> but yeah, seriously, just be yourself. It's the yeah. best way to go. That's great advice. Great advice. And, and really it, it, you see that reflected in, in the firm that you're running. So, um, I appreciate that. Uh, his name is Bill Mandara. Um, the firm name is Mancini Duffy. You could learn more about Mancini and what they're doing at ManciniDuffy.com. We'll have that link on the show notes. Bill, I appreciate you for, uh, for, for what you're doing at Mancini Duffy sort of, uh, not sort of, for leading the way in this profession and, and showing us how a firm can be run successfully, not only from the outside, but also from the inside. Um, I appreciate you for doing that and, and for coming by here and sharing your knowledge at Entree Architect Podcast. Well, thank you so much. I really, I really appreciate those kind words. And this has been a lot of fun. If you liked this episode of Entree Architect Podcast, please share a rating, write a review, and share a link to this episode with a friend. That's how Entree Architect has grown to serve thousands more architects just like you. Share a rating, write a review, and share a link to this episode with a friend. Links to our sponsors and all the resources we discussed today are available at the show notes for this episode found at entrearchitect.com slash podcast. Entree Architect is a member of the Gable Media Podcast Network, the network dedicated to architects, engineers, and construction pros. Listen and subscribe to all the shows at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. And visit smallfirmconference.com for more information about our lineup of speakers, check out the agenda, and purchase your tickets for the Entree Architect Community Annual Meeting, the business conference for small firm entrepreneur architects. We do have a few tickets still available, but we're almost sold out. So visit smallfirmconference.com and register today. And before we wrap up, a special thank you to our partners at Graphisoft for helping our community of architects make the transition to BIM with ARCHICAD software. Go now to graphisoft.com slash US slash Entree Architect and see how Graphisoft is positioned to help make your architecture firm a success. Visit graphisoft.com slash US slash Entree Architect to learn more. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Entree Architect Podcast. My name is Mark Arla Page. Love, learn, and share what you know. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, we'll buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like, how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that man- <laughs> then you know in your head you've rooted like oh i'm connected to these people like long term 
The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like, us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast. It's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is going to be a priority. When the job is done, we're going to actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. (laughs) So for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.